is the Under Centre Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Centre Podcast. My name is Phil Malloy. I'm joined by a whole host of characters. I have, of course, Mr. Jake Woolhead. Uh, Jake, how are you? Living the dream every day of my goddamn life, Phil. Thanks very much for asking. A man I know a lot about, Ray Malloy. How are you? Yeah, marvellous, as usual. The same slow internet, it appears, down in Russia. <laughs> we're, we're basically emailing you our questions now at this speed. Well, it was it was good until Adam came on. I'm not sure what happened there. <laughs> and as Rain alluded to, and as we have mentioned, if you're following kind of our socials and the shows over the last couple of weeks, we are growing our team here at the Under Center Podcast, and we are delighted to be joined uh, on a permanent basis by Adam Wilson. Adam, we know you through the league. You play uh, up north. Give the listeners a little bit of context for you. Uh, introduce your your team that you support and, and let them know what kind of biases you'll be holding strongly during the course of the show. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to be here, first of all. Um, thanks for the introduction. As you said, I play up north. Um, but I am a Pats fan, and hopefully it'll be a little bit better, but we'll see how things go. I do tend to be biased, but I will try <laughs> and be a bit... Uh, I'm sure we all are, but I do try and be a little bit lenient the other teams. Well, you personally couldn't be on this show without being too biased. Yes, well, we're we're glad to have you on. If nothing else, just to kind of switch up the accents a little bit. I think the our audience, our Irish audience, is probably a bit bored of all the Dublin accents at this point. It's probably better to get a, a bit more the sexiest accent in the world. Some people say, Adam. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are in the full swing of the preseason, which means there's some kind of proper storylines to talk about at last. And we we kicked off the preseason last week and we've been speaking out about it a little bit now. Uh, and there's been a few games ongoing. We've just cleared the second round of games for the preseason. So some storylines, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But the first one I'm going to kick off, we have Rian here with us. He is a Panthers fan and the Panthers have announced to everybody's absolute surprise and amazement that they are going to start Baker Mayfield as the starting quarterback for game one, week one this season. Rian, you must be absolutely gobsmacked. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Gobsmacked, but delighted. Um, now, this whole saga has driven me crazy from the very beginning. Um, the fact that Matt Rule wants to make this a meritocracy, right? Like, nobody gets a job straight off the bat. Iki Aquanu was listed as the second-choice uh, left tackle on the depth chart up until after the first preseason game. Uh, I mean, I get it. You want people to earn their jobs, but also you don't draft a guy sixth overall to sit behind someone. Uh, and it's the same thing with Baker Mayfield, right? When they brought him in here on the 6th of July, Nobody in their right mind was thinking this is now going to be a quarterback battle. Sam Darnold has an opportunity to beat uh, to beat out Baker Mayfield. Uh, Matt Rule always talks about this meritocracy thing. Everybody earns a job. But I think merit flows two ways. And Darnold failed in that respect over the last couple of years. He failed his audition for this starting job. It should have been Baker's from the very beginning. Um, and he should have been getting first-team reps for as long as he's been in the Panthers' camp. Uh, I think it's really put a a stall on Baker Mayfield's development within the team. Um, but, you know, 
we got the job done in the end. So happy about that. Adam, I wanted to ask you that. Irene kind of touched on it there. Obviously, as a Panthers fan, you're going to be frustrated when you have the new guy come in that everyone kind of knows is going to be the starter at at week one. It's just about when the official announcement comes. But as Rian mentioned, they were kind of trading first team reps between him and Darnold. How much do you think delaying the decision, even if it was only by the second preseason game, is going to affect the development of that offense, given that Baker has come in slightly late it is not an inherent system that he's used to. He's going to have to, like every new quarterback, learn the new system, the new language that comes with that. How do you think that's going to affect the Panthers going forward this year? I mean, they probably should have brought him in a bit earlier because I don't think Donald was ever going to do much for that offense. I think he's still seeing ghosts from the Patriots hit him up in. You know, yeah. um, I think they drafted Matt Corral. I think he was always going to be red-shirted, whether it was Donald or somebody else. Um, unfortunately, he's now out for the season anyway. So I think Baker should have come in and had everything set, get the offense ready to fire from week one. And I just think it's going to set them back at least for two, three weeks. Jake, how important now? I think the only... Always ha- Sorry, go Ryan. I think the only saving grace there is week one is against the Browns. That is, the word redemption game gets thrown around an awful lot. This is an absolute revenge game for Baker Mayfield. And we know when he has a chip on his shoulder, he plays lights out football. We saw it in his first career game uh, in college for Texas Tech. He lit it up that day. And I think he's going to do it again versus the Browns. I think that's the only reason, though. If he was starting against some other team, he'd be on the back foot. Jake, I presume, as always with the Panthers, that having Christian McCaffrey in the back pocket, especially at the start of the season when he's technically healthy, is going to be a big. It's going to be a big help to him. And kind of even if they get those first three games under their belt with him at absolute full strength, that's got to help him settle in a little bit, right? Yeah, having a, a running back like like Christian McCaffrey is certainly going to help you when you're kind of new to an offense. You always have that reliable checkdown option. He's going to make you look great because you throw it to him five yards off the line of scrimmage and he runs it for sixty yards. It's going to make you look good, but. Um, the Browns are a good team. Like we're let, not forgetting that the Browns actually are a pretty solid team defensively. I'm not actually who's the backup quarterback at the minute, or who is the starting uh, quarterback? Jacoby Brissett, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so yeah, he's not even the worst. He's not even the worst backup quarterback to be having starting for the first game. So while Baker might play his revenge game or his redemption game against the Browns, he's still going to be against a tough defense and an offense that has still got um, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb in the backfield. Um, a two-headed dragon there to run against. So it's still going to be a tough game. It's actually going to be a pretty exciting game, I reckon. Rin, what have you thought of the Panthers preseason so far while we're on the subject? Uh, I believe the secondary has looked pretty good. It was a pretty scrappy affair between your Panthers and Adams Patriots, by all accounts, on uh, the inter-team scrimmage that they had before this preseason game. Have you have you been keeping track of any storylines? Are you generally positive about how the preseason is going or has it been kind of just very quiet and kind of mellow over there in, in Panthers land? Well, I think inside of the Panthers organization, there is a lot of optimism about this season. Like in terms of just how things are going, we've added key pieces at a lot of different positions. They might not be huge names, but they're the kind of spots that we will probably end up going from good to great, particularly on defense. So defensively, the Panthers were ranked uh, number two overall. 
uh, last season. And this season, they've added a few players. They've kept hold of their their uh, decent guys. And obviously, JC Horn is coming back from injury, who was our first-round pick uh, last season. So I think there is a lot of optimism. The one thing, though, that came out, and uh, Adam alluded to it earlier, is that um, our new draftee, Matt Corral, has now been injured for the season. And what we saw during those preseason games was he played behind an O-line outside of Cade Mays. Uh, the entire O-line that he's played behind are going to be cut before the 53-man roster. Uh, I think for a guy who you've spent you know, draft capital going and getting, we traded up to get him. Uh, why are you putting out him out behind these terrible O-lines? Uh, particularly when PJ Walker, say, got the start versus the Patriots behind some of the the, the better O-linemen. Um, I just don't think he'd been put in a very good place to succeed uh, and certainly wasn't given the tools to improve his game uh, since he joined the Panthers. Yeah, and we were talking that a little bit because obviously the first preseason game, the Panthers played the Commanders. So we were both watching that game and you commented on it where they left Matt Corral really at the end as a kind of an almost end note to the game to kind of get him in and get him a bit of action. And especially, okay, I understand if theoretically they hadn't made the call between Darnold and, and Mayfield about who's going to be the number one guy and the number two guy. But surely you know uh, that PJ is going to be the backup and that he has plenty of reps. You know what you're going to get out of him. And so surely the value would be seen, as you said, that kind of little bit more kind of second and a half third team as opposed to third team and dregs offensive line and and kind of see what Matt Corral can get. And also, let's be honest, make him feel a bit more comfortable on the pitch because he knows where all these lads are on the depth chart as much as anyone else. Right, exactly. And we saw him be really uncomfortable in that first game against the... Uh... The commanders. I think he went one for nine for eight yards, which is not great, obviously. Uh, but you know, PJ Walker got two quarters ahead of him behind better O linemen. And the thought there is that maybe this was like a an audition for PJ for the rest of the league. They're obviously going to cut him. Um, so he's a he's a Matt Rule guy. He played for him at Temple, and there's this narrative going around that he was you know giving him an audition. But I mean, we saw him start two games over the past two seasons, two victories as well. I don't think teams need to be seeing him in the third and fourth quarter in preseason games to get a read on how good or bad PJ Walker is. So throw the guy in who you've spent all your draft capital on and you want to develop. Well, I don't think we've covered the Panthers yet in our kind of preseason looks at the different divisions. So hopefully you'll get a chance to kind of fill us in a little more towards the end of the season, but we'll move it on there and another uh, draft pick from this year's draft for the New York Giants was in the news this this week. They were playing, uh, I don't remember actually who they were playing. Was it Arizona they were playing in the preseason game? Cincinnati. The Bengals. Cincinnati, the Bengals, yeah. And Kayvon Thibodeau has been injured in a kind of a, I think the official term is a cut block. It wasn't a chop block because it wasn't a high-low, but a cut block. Really divided professional Twitter. A lot of the pundits condemned it really big names came out and said this is unacceptable but as far as we as far as we know it's it's in the in the rules he was inside the tackle box i've seen the replays he's he was certainly braced for it, it wasn't a blind side or a a dirty hit 
Jake, obviously one of your big players, a guy that you would have been very excited to see play. Give us your biased opinion and also uh, maybe what it means for this Giants D-line. They have said that he is out for four weeks, but also somehow will be available for week one. I don't know how that mats lines up, but anyway, uh, I think that's a bit of Giants <laughs> mats. But yeah, just walk us through it. What, what are you guys thinking at the moment? Uh, cut Thaddeus Moss, find him and get better. No, I'm only joking. You're, it's all you're right. On the rich, uh... You're on the Rich Eisen <laughs> stream of things. Penalty, no, find that... him, suspend him. The only, the only acceptable response. That was a fairly uh, fairly big overreaction for Rich Eisen on that one. Like, we all know it was a legal hit. As much as it's kind of, it's a bit shit. When it happens, it happens every single game, multiple times over and over, that somebody just happens to have get injured from it. Um, and we were just fairly lucky to have it only be an MCL sprain rather than him out for the year with an ACL tear. So uh, count their lucky stars on that one. Um, I mean, it's probably just two young players I think the week before I was only reading today that Thaddeus Moss was kind of uh, had gotten a lot of blocks or tried to set blocks but couldn't do it. So he was kind of told all week, do the chop block or the cup block or whatever. And that's just a result of it. And maybe it's just a bit of a young Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, instead of trying to like push him down or run around him, he tried to embrace for the impact instead of, you know, just trying to get around him or something like that and settling for it. But it's an unfortunate injury part of the game. But we got kind of the lighter end of anything like that. Just an MCL sprain. They're saying three to four weeks and what we know. We're two weeks out from the start of the season, maybe. So we could, could be lucky, but there's certainly no need to rush a top a fifth overall player back to the, the mix um, for a season that's certainly not going to be Super Bowl bound anyway. Adam, we've talked a lot on this show, and I think every show does. Every time one of these injuries happens, particularly to a bigger name player, is it worth playing them in the preseason? Of course, Thibodeau was a rookie. I think that's kind of tilts the argument one way. But in general, what are your thoughts? Just briefly, do you are you in favor of having the stars sit out a lot of the preseason, just get maybe one tune-up quarter or a couple of tune-up drives? Or would you like to see them get a little bit more involved, make sure there's absolutely no rust and that everyone's on the same page for the start of the season? I think it's a bit of both. You know, maybe the first two preseason games, you want to see some of the the other players that are on the roster bubble for cuts that maybe want to push their way onto the roster before you start making the cuts. I think today they need to get it down below 80 again. You know, once yeah. that's sort of preseason game three, then you start getting some of the starters in, get more reps, and as you say, getting them on track and on page. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think it's a good point you say as well. Maybe when that roster is a lot more settled, and obviously the NFL is famous for that kind of next man up mentality, but when you are the official 52 men, you got to make sure that that 52nd guy is as sharp and needs to be able to slot in with the ones because in reality, that's probably how he's going to play. They're not going to trot out a full second team. If it, somebody goes down, you're going to have to play with the rest of the first team. So getting everyone up to roughly the same speed seems like a good idea. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I prefer, I like to see kind of even the veterans get involved in the preseason I, th I think a lot of these non-contact injuries just happen from playing out of nowhere going 100% and then you're all of a sudden you tear something instead of like playing your preseason kind of getting a bit into it. It is an unfortunate part of the game, but it happens during the season. You're not going to hold out your star players anyway. 
And in a second beautiful segue of the show already, because I'm aiming for this job off there, I think I can do a much better job than him. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna move into players that haven't been part of the preseason so far. One Mr. Tom Brady. You could argue if there's any player in the league who could probably do without doing any preseason <laughs> training, it's probably Tom Brady. He's been around nearly longer than half the league teams. Uh, but he is returning. Officially gone 11 days, an excused absence by the team. Uh, I probably won't go into why he's gone because I I don't think it's really that interesting. They haven't announced what it is, but I don't... The Masked Singer, is it? Uh, allegedly. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, I think it's... Make it <laughs> to be honest, I think it's one of these things where everyone's hunting for a news story and they're trying to go, it's like amateur detective sleuths, where's Tom Brady? I think he's probably just gone off to sort something with a bit of family member who knows, have a little holiday. But interestingly, Rain, he is going to return while all his offensive line that he left when he first left is now gone. They're all in the injured reserve list. So uh, do you think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for him now in this last preseason game? And do you expect him to play a lot? It's been absolute carnage on that O-line just the entire offseason. But um, no, to be honest, I don't think he's going to play a single snap of the, the last preseason game because why would he? I don't know if anybody's watching Hard Knocks, but they did a section in episode two where some of the coaches were talking about how many training camps they've been involved in between being a player and being a coach. And they were like, oh, 15, 16. Tom Brady's been in the league 22 years. There's no reason for him to get involved in preseason stuff like this. Sure, throw a few balls at practice. But don't put yourself out there where you're in a position to get hit at 44 years old. Keep yourself for the first game of the pre- or of the regular season and get on with it. Any signs so far, Jake, that we're going to see anything other than a typical Tom Brady performance this season? Are you getting any telltale signs that this thing is finally going to come off the rails? I wish. I wanted that two years ago. I wanted it last year. It's, it's still the same. I want him to kind of finish his career, but it, it might slow him down now that his old linemen are probably mostly undrafted free agents or something like that <laughs> at this stage. I don't know who's going to be protecting him, but it's probably going to be someone like me, and that's just not going to use. So maybe if we're lucky, we'll see a halfway through the season retirement of Tom Brady, but um, no, he's still Tom Brady. He's still going to get the ball out far too quick for almost everyone to sack him. He's just going to be Tom Brady. That's all I can say about it. Yeah, I guess in the end, it's when players like Tom Brady are around and we see it a little bit with Aaron Rodgers as well. Sometimes the small stories become big stories just because we want them to be more impactful. I really think those 11 days are not going to add up to much of a difference once the season kicks off. Uh, he has been, or at least was, the, if I remember right, a little bit of a slow starter with that original season with the Buccaneers. Uh, but obviously that was quite a successful season, so that didn't really slow him down too much. 